Welcome to Pillar and Ground Podcast. I'm Will Nettleton, pastor of mission and worship here at LMPC, and this is a Pillar and Ground confession episode. In our confession episodes, we seek to understand and apply the truths in our Westminster Confession of Faith, and we are moving on in our study of the confession to chapter 10, and uh, as we have been doing for the past few episodes, and we'll do the rest of the episodes uh, this fall on the confession, I'm joined today by Brian Salter, our lead pastor. Welcome, Brian. It's good to be here. And uh, we are looking... In this episode at 10.1 on uh, of effectual calling, uh, Brian, do you want to kind of frame the discussion for us? Where What are we looking at as we start to talk about effectual calling? Well, we are uh, looking now at the beginning of what we call historical redemption. Right. So Romans 8, the order of salvation, those he predestined, he also called, and it will go into other mm-hmm. parts of that. We mentioned in the last episode, because we were talking some about the state of grace, you get into regeneration. So yeah. we kind of jumped ahead to some of this, but um, the chapter, the, the confession does not have a section on regeneration. And this is it. I think I, yeah. I think I might have misspoke in the previous episode because <laughs> I've been studying both. Uh, but this is it regeneration. Right. Um, effectual calling is that first step of historical redemption for the eternally elect. And we'll see that it's a sovereign act administered by God through Christ and the Holy Spirit alone. Yeah. So, and that historical redemption language is helpful, I think, because the earlier chapters that talked about, some of this starts to sound repetitive. You start to feel like, I, th- I thought we kind of talked about predestination. I thought we talked about yeah. this stuff. And we talked about it from a particular perspective, which That's is right. from the eternal perspective of God, that the, yep. the divine decree, the the plan within the Godhead. And so sometimes it's helpful to say, those early chapters of the confession are talking about God authoring salvation. We're now beginning to move into the section of the confession where we talk about the accomplishment and the application of salvation. And so if you go back to our Trinity discussion, we think Mm -hmm. about the works of, of God. Um, We sometimes talk about, you know, God, the father authoring salvation, Christ accomplishing salvation, the spirit applying uh, the benefits of salvation, that authoring, accomplishing, applying language is also helpful for just thinking through the sections of um, the confession. And so we're moving into that, that piece of what's been accomplished and how is it actually being applied in the experience of believers. So let's jump into 10.1 if you'll read. Yeah, I'll read it. And it's substantial. It's a chunk uh, for sure of thick doctrine. (laughs) Um, all those, and again, this is the modern version, um, all those and only those whom God has predestined to life, uh, just a brief note, God elects, God predestines, Ephesians 1. Um, so we're talking about those whom God has predestined to life, all those and only those. He is pleased to call effectually in his appointed and accepted time by his word and spirit. He calls them from the state of sin and death. There we go. Returning to the states of man that we've covered in which they are by nature to grace and salvation by Jesus Christ. In this calling, God enlightens their minds spiritually and savingly so that they understand the things of God. He takes away their hearts of stone, gives them hearts of flesh, renews their wills, and by his almighty power turns them to what is good and effectually draws them to Jesus Christ. Yet he does this in a way that they come most freely, being made willing by his grace. Yeah, so you were not lying. I mean, it's a dense, there's a lot. It's a careful paragraph. There's a lot of commas, a lot of Mm -hmm. hyphens and clauses, um, but it's so rich. So Mm -hmm. let's start here. I mean, when we're talking about effectual calling, 
uh, effectual and effective. What does it mean to say that God's call is always effective? The call of God has two aspects in a sense. There's an external call and an internal call. The effectual calling is the internal call. Right. Uh, the internal one is the one we speak about being effectual. Mm-hmm. Uh, the external call is the proclamation of the gospel, it, where we announce the gospel. We pre- bow his word and spirit. And so the word goes out. Now, I don't. I think the word is effectual every time it goes out. Yes. It's either effectual unto greater judgment or unto salvation. Yeah. There is an effect. There's no way to be under the word and have no effect. Right. And that's a sobering thing whenever you come under the word. Right. It will have its effect. But the word in its external call is only effectual unto salvation if there's an internal work mm. that is God's alone. And so the effectual call of God is when he works inwardly by the Holy Spirit in the heart of an unregenerate person to give them a new heart, as it says, to give, renew their will, to renew their mind. And, and the, the Westminster confession makes clear that effectual calling involves those four things, enlightening of the mind, creation of the heart of flesh, renewal of the will, and the actual conscious drawing to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And when God does that work, it is always effectual and it has nothing to do with the person yeah. receiving that work. I really loved the way Chad Van Dixhorn, that we've been using that book yes. the whole time we've been working through this, but he had this great line on that distinction between external and internal call. Uh, so he talked about the preaching of the word for as the external call of a preacher knocks at the human heart, it's the inner call of God, which unlocks and opens. That's it. That's really helpful um, language. And I, I love, I mean, the, the language you just went through of, you know, renewing, our will. What all did you yep. just say? You Enlightening, had Enlightening our mind, mind creating the heart of flesh, renewing the will, all of that. I mean, this explains many people misunderstand Reformed theology when we talk about this doctrine because they think it means mm-hmm. God just um, flips some switch that overrides us yeah. in some way. Yeah. But this is an internal work that goes to every part of us. Our minds are enlightened. Mm-hmm. We have a new heart. Our will is renewed so that it can actually desire mm-hmm. and will that which is good, which is what we talked about in the yeah. last uh, episode. It All of this helps us make sense of if you're coming to Reformed theology and you're hearing this and you're like, but it feels like I chose to follow Jesus. Yeah. The answer to that is yes, you did. Yeah, but the only reason right. you chose is because God enabled you to do that. Yeah. He, you know, renewed your will. He gave you a new heart. He enlightened your mind. And so these things are not um, mutually exclusive. I yeah. know we've been saying a lot of this as we've talked about this, but I think it's really important to hammer this home that you, you, your sense of how your salvation worked yeah. is true. It's just not the whole story. It's who yeah. made that possible, who really did that, who really worked in you. Yeah, you chose because yeah. you were called. You were called, right. You chose because you were regenerated. Yeah. You chose because you were brought back from the dead. Mm. You were dead in your sins and you were made alive. Um, you weren't drowning. We weren't drowning. Right. If we were drowning, we could get some credit for reaching for the life preserver. Right. We were dead, face dead. down. Yeah. yeah. And we did choose him. Because we were made alive yes. by him alone. And because he chose us. Yeah. And because <laughs> that he chose point. us. Yes, yeah, that's, that's really right. good. Yeah. Okay, so how do you, um, as we think about the effectual call, you talked a little bit about the preaching of yeah. the word. There's also the work of the Holy Spirit working in mm-hmm. us. How does that work? How do word and spirit complement one another in God's effectual call? 
how are they both necessary? Well, uh, I think John Gershner is helpful here when he says no amount of exposure to God's word will prove useful Mm. unless God writes this word on our hearts by his spirit. Mm. Um, God takes his word, and this is the the great hope for every preacher, proclaimer of the gospel, Mm. that the effectual calling of God through the word is always effective because of his spirit. Mm-hmm. Not because of the preacher. Right. <laughs> it's in his time. God takes his word and sends it straight to the heart. Yeah. And that's a work that no preacher can do. Yeah. A preacher can preach the word, but the word has to be accompanied with the spirit. So we see this in creation. Uh, God did what to bring creation into existence? He spoke. He spoke, yeah. And what hovered over the waters? The spirit. Mm. When word and spirit come together, there is what? New creation. There is beauty out of chaos. There is order out of disorder. There is light into darkness. Word and spirit together uh, create. They renew. Think about John 3 when he's talking to Nicodemus about being born again. What does he speak of? The Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. You, You see its effects. And so you can't have one without the other. So we are incredibly dependent as we bring the word to bear on the work of the Holy Spirit. And the confession says that. The confession Mm -hmm. says he is pleased to call effectually in his appointed and accepted time by his word and spirit. Mm. That's really good. Um, To answer a question that maybe some of our people may have as they're listening, we're, you know, as we talk about this, the work of the spirit through the word in the heart of the listener. We just Mm -hmm. had a whole Mm -hmm. chapter on free will. Does it, it can be hard to hold these things together. Uh, how it doesn't what you're saying about effectual calling actually negate what we learned about free will? Uh, is God overriding our free will here? I think the divines were asking the same exact question, to, and they say at the end of Westminster 10.1, yet he does this effectual calling yeah. in such a way that they come most freely. I love that. Yeah. They come most freely being made willing. Yeah. You were made willing, mm-hmm. and that is not a um, an overtaking of your will, as it were. It's a changing of your will. So Robert Shaw, a 19th century theologian, said, when God calls us, our will is not destroyed. Rather, its obstinacy is overcome, mm-hmm. its pervasiveness taken away, and the whole soul powerfully yet sweetly is attracted to the Savior. And so... Uh, regeneration awakens us it makes us alive the the passive reception of the regenerative work of god means yes we are acted upon Mm -hmm. but in a way that we may act willingly to come to christ Mm -hmm. we do not come to christ quote unquote against our wills because our will is changed it's been changed yeah and so we have christ because we want christ freely that's right because we have a new heart now that's not credit to us right That's credit to him for giving us a new heart. So the will of man, kind of go back to free will. Yeah. The will of man always prefers what he prefers. Hmm. He desires what he desires. And because of the state of the fall, if we're not regenerated, that free will is going to only choose evil and go into death. So it does not negate free will. Yeah. It makes the will willing. And I think we talked about this maybe a couple episodes ago. The, The problem when we talk about free will is not 
the question really not is not are we free to do what we want because the answer to that is yes the problem is what you want <laughs> what you what you want is bad and you can't yeah. control what you want your yeah. nature yeah. is bent this way unless god by his spirit comes and works which is what he does yeah. which is really good news well this raises another question so god is calling um he is doing this effectual call he's at work uh doing this work in us so if that's true uh, how does he call? And then why should we pray? Why should we evangelize? Mm-hmm. Those types of things. If God's going to do it and it is going to be effective, doesn't that remove the mm-hmm. need for us to be doing those other things that we just talked about? Yeah, again, he he uh, is pleased to call effectually in his appointed and accepted time by his word and spirit. Okay. So how will those who do not know hear the external call of the word? Romans 10 says they need a preacher. Right. Uh, now that preacher needs the spirit to go to work. Yeah. So it doesn't negate our usefulness. It actually enhances our dependence mm-hmm. on God when we proclaim the word that his spirit would go to work so that in Acts 26, as Paul recounts his conversion, Paul can say this without theological error that God said to him, to whom I am sending you, Paul, mm-hmm. to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Now, would God be telling Paul he's the one that opens their eyes? Mm. No, he said, I'm sending you to preach mm-hmm. so that in the preaching, they can under- the regenerate can understand the things of God, as the confession says. They can have their their minds and their wills renewed, and they're drawn what to Jesus Christ. Is that because of the preaching of Paul? No, it's because Paul's dependent on the Holy Spirit. Right. So when you pre you pray as you preach, and you preach as you pray, we're dependent messengers, and we've talked about means. Right. He's ordained the means. Right. Uh, and so you know you read things like Second Corinthians. It, uh, the God of this world has blinded the mind of the unbeliever to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel, the glory of Christ. Mm-hmm. We have to pray that people would have their eyes open by the Holy Spirit. Right. And that as we proclaim the word, the spirit works to open their eyes and give them a new heart and they find life. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I think you, you mentioned it, but just to highlight again, this is where the logic of the confession really helps us. We've already mm-hmm. talked about how God ordains. He ordains you know, both means and ends. So That's right. the question, why do we evangelize? Why do we pray? Is because those are ordained means. God has mm-hmm. ordained that we should preach, that we should share, that we should pray. And actually, as we've said before, that is the ground of of why we should have confidence that our evangelistic efforts could, could ever work. Because if that's not true, it's all on us. You have got to be the most persuasive. You've got to be the most articulate. You've got to know the answers to every question they could possibly have. Yeah. You must be an apologetic wizard. Like you've got to be able to do all of that. Yeah. To And then if you don't convert them, whose fault is it? It's your fault. That's right. Because you weren't effective. Yeah. You know, because you didn't do all that you could do. This frees us up to do what God has called us to yeah. do. And to be and to trust that if he has called that person, there is nothing I can do to mess it up. That's right. You know, like that person is coming into the kingdom, no matter how weak I am, no matter how frail I am. And if they are not called, there's nothing I can do to change that. That's right. And so no matter, it, it doesn't matter about the, now that's not to set us free to just be terrible and lack, you know. No, that's right. And messy in the way we evangelize. Like we should be able to answer our neighbor's questions. Yes, yes, yes. But I hope it frees us up to say, it's not all me. 
This is the Lord is the one who's calling, and He is a good God, and He has promised He works through these means. And so I'm going to go share the gospel with confidence, knowing that this is how He's said He's going to do. It's you're so right. It's not on me, but I am a part of the external call by God's grace. Yeah. So uh, I don't have to panic, but I am ordinarily going to need to proclaim. Yes. Now we're going to get to 10.3 when He talks about the extraordinary right. uh, way God saves some people. That's not our methodology. Right. Our methodology is to proclaim, right. to share the word. But the good news about our doctrine, we can be the most at-rest evangelist on the planet. Mm-hmm. We don't have to panic. We yeah. don't have to twist. We don't have to manipulate. We. I was recently sharing the gospel with somebody, and it just was very apparent to me the Holy Spirit wasn't working. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to argue that person to death. Right. Pray and yeah. keep on in relationship. Well, and I think too, I mean, we'll get there when we get there, but you think of like God can do, God will do what God will do. We must do what God commands. I can't remember who said it, but that's, like that. that's where we are. Like he's free to do anything that he wants to. We must do what he commands. And what he commands is a, is a gracious gift, a promise to mm-hmm. work through weak people like us. And this really does get to that thing that Chev and Nixhorn said. For many Christians, the scriptural teaching on God's effectual call is full of comfort. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, not only is this a comfort to us who are dead in our sin, that God regenerates and God does all the work. This is totally passive to humans, full work of God alone. But it's also comforting to the preachers and proclaimers because this doctrine frees us to know that our task is faithfulness. Our task is not fruitfulness. Right. Fruitfulness is up to God and the Holy Spirit. Yep. So. You think of Paul saying, you know, Apollos water, you know, I planted Apollos water. God yeah. gave the fruit. Like yeah. that, God gave the growth. That's that's what he does. Well, that's a good place for us to land uh, the plane here on 10.1. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Pillar and Ground. We hope you will join us for future episodes. Mm-hmm.